Thanks for checking out the Oasis Church podcast from Camden, Arkansas. Each week we share the message from our Sunday worship service. Join us anytime. More information at camdenoasischurch.com. Man, go ahead and take a seat. Be seated, man. I'm so happy that you are here today. Again, let me just say this. I'm kind of sad, though, at the same time. This morning we wrap up our Blessed Life series. We spent four weeks kind of walking through Psalms chapter 1, and uh, man, it has just been so rich and rewarding as, man, we spend a little bit of time here. Week 1, we talked a lot about the counsel we keep, the friends that we have, um, and they're going to lead us uh, to a good path. They're going to carry us down a wrong road. Uh, Sometimes our friends, they push us to Christ, and other times they pull us away. Week 2, Jordan came and preached a fantastic message. Last week, we talked about this ideal of walking, standing, and sitting, and really kind of the The gist of it was this, if you and I were called, we're commanded in Scripture to be separated from the world and to be saturated in the Word. And in that message, I said one thing that was really talking about this week and how we're going to talk a little bit more about that this week. I want to share something with you just so we are all on the same page. Um, Any series that we preach through, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, um, it's thought out and planned out many weeks before then. What happens is Todd, he sends out a, a, a script to all the pastors and uh, with a Blessed Life series. He says, hey, th- week one, we're talking about um, the counsel we keep. There, there's some verses that kind of help that along. And each pastor is to come and write a sermon kind of based off of our, our culture here in Camden and kind of who I am and how I kind of read this and I see us and and I preach on it. So if you were to go to any campus today, any of our five or six different locations in, in Conway, Saline, um, downtown, um, wherever it might be in Conway, um, you're going to hear us preaching all in the same message today on the Blessed Life week four. You can listen to any podcast and they're going to look a little bit different. They're going to sound a little bit different. But by and large, the gist of it's going to be the same. But here's the thing that I love so much about our church is we always allow room for the Holy Spirit to move. Now, I'm telling you this because I want you to know I was looking at what I was supposed to preach on this week in week four. And, uh, man, just as I, I walked through it on Monday, I wasn't settled. On Tuesday, I wasn't settled. Wednesday, I wasn't settled with it at all. Matter of fact, and it is very odd for Billy to ever step into a week and go Wednesday not knowing what I'm fixing to preach on. Like, I, I get fearful. Well, Thursday morning, man, God just began to speak. We, we'd been doing, me and Marley been doing a little study through Proverbs, and God had really just been speaking a lot to me. So I'm preaching week four, um, and it's kind of close to it, but really this isn't, you won't hear this probably at any other campus. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter one. We're going to finish this thing out today, and as you're turning there, I want to kind of set this morning up with a couple jokes. Jokes, you, you can laugh, I promise you it's Okay. Listen, I preach better when you smile, and I preach a whole lot better if I can get you laughing in the first two minutes of a message. So here we go, people. We're going to kick this off. What's the difference between in-laws and outlaws? Outlaws are wanted. I'm so happy. I was worried. I didn't know. I'm like, Billy, am I going to explain? Am I wrong? Am I? Exactly. What, what about this one? Ladies, ladies, let me talk for you a minute. for a minute. What's the difference between a new husband and a new dog? It only takes a couple months to train the new dog. Am I wrong or am I wrong? Exactly. This one's a little bit gross. It might weird you out a little bit. What's the difference between broccoli and a booger? Kids won't eat broccoli. 
This is the best one yet. You ready for this? What's the difference between a northern fairy tale, a Yankee fairy tale, and a southern fairy tale? Northern fairy tales start off with once upon a, once upon a time. Southern fairy tales start off with you ain't going to believe this. Last one, it's not a funny one, but it's a truthful one. What's the difference between a blessed life and a broken life? If you have your Bible, Psalms chapter 1, we're going to find out here today. I want you to know that it all boils down to the path that you choose. The path that you choose. Psalms chapter 1, well, let's read it one last time. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Listen to this, in all he does, everything, the Bible says he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they're like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked perish. I want you to look at verse 6. I want to read it to you out of the New Living Translation. Listen to what the Bible says. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked, it leads to destruction. I want to share something with you today to make sure that you and I are all on the same page. There is a path that God has for you. You know that? That there is a path that God has laid out for you and he wants his desire, his wish for you is for you to walk down the path that he has laid before you. But there is another path in life that he doesn't want you to walk down. I want to tell you something that I love so much about the God we serve and, and I never thought about it this way, but the God that we serve, our God, he's a gentleman. Do you know that? And he is not going to force you to walk down a path. He's not going to come and force your hand and kind of make you walk down this particular path. He's always going to allow you to choose. Man, that's what I love so much about it. The Bible is a book about many things. But I think one of the things that it's most about, it's a story about choices, is it not? And I've realized it's a story about choices because the Bible, all of life, is really about choices. It's been said that adults, that you and I make some 35,000 decisions every day. 35,000 decisions. I think it's based on women. I do think that's true. Um, Y'all make a whole lot more decisions than men ever will. But 35,000 decisions and choices in every day. In, in our culture today, we have more options, more choices, more decisions than we've ever had before. Do you remember when you could go to the gas station and just get gas? Man, were those not the good old days? You walk in, it's $5. You walk out, you get $5 of gas. Not anymore. When we were at Farley Street. We had a bus that we would travel around with and and carry camps and everything else. What well, was camp season? I went to fill it up and I pulled in, and all of a sudden I'm getting ready to get gas. And it's like, hey, I need to know your zip code, your pin number, and your blood type. Not only that, but I also need you to list three members of the Brady Bunch family, all that to just get gas. They want to know all this stuff. And then after that, you still have more choices. Hey, do you want a receipt? Do you want a car wash? Do you want a pretzel? It's like, no, I just want gas. Like, it blows my mind that you can walk into Walmart. Marley said the other day, she said, hey, will you go get me some shampoo? I need it. I walked into Walmart, never been down the women's shampoo aisle, but good Lord, do y'all have options here today? Man, you got more choices than you've ever had before. I called her, and I'm like, hey, 
what do you need? And she said, well, it's this one of this and this and this, and it's got all this stuff. I spent 45 minutes reading the back of it trying to figure out. Men, hey, let me just say, men, we're simple, are we not? Listen, if we run out of soap, it's okay, because shampoo does just as good on a body wash. If we run out of shampoo, hey, soap will work in our hair if you have hair. Man, we're interchangeable in this. You women, oh, uh-uh. No, we got to have all these choices. Some of you, I mean, if, if you ever want to go out to eat here, Camden really has the monopoly on Mexican food. Like, like, boy, do we ever. Like, we have a lot of choices for Mexican food, do we not? Do you want this one? Do you want this one? Well, like, their chips, but their hot sauce is better. Their drinks are better over there. The food here is better at this one. We got more decisions than we have ever had before in our life. Decisions and choices are everywhere. But I also think there are some people here today, you've got some big decisions to make. Uh, graduation season is right around the corner. And a lot of our college kids are starting to look at, hey, you know, where am I going to go to college? And some people are in college, and you're trying to figure out what's my major going to be in. If it's going to be in this, do I want to go to grad school? If I'm not going to go to college, do I go get a job? And what type of job do I need to get? If you're not happy with your job now, you're thinking, man, should I change? And should I make a shift? A shift? And if you do change, should you focus on making money? Or do you need to focus on making a difference? Or do I want to find a job that makes you happy? Some of us here, we're thinking, hey, should we settle down and start a family? Should we have kids? Should we have more kids? Some of you, if you're anything like me, do we get rid of the kids that we have now? I thought I'd at least get an amen out of that. If you're older in life, you might be curious about maybe downsizing your home. Do you do it now? Do you do it later? Do we wait? Do we do it now? If you're thinking about retirement, hey, should we jump now or do we wait? Do we get in? Do we get out? I mean, here's what I'm realizing. You and I, we have a lot of decisions and choices to make. Nobody escapes that. Decisions and choices are a part of life. But here's what I want you to see about those choices. I was reading this week that there's a point along the Continental Divide in the Rocky Mountains in Colorado where, where water from a small stream, they begin to separate. And at the time when it begins to separate, it doesn't seem to matter really which way the drop of water goes. It can go left or it can go right insignificant at that moment but if you go further down the road man it leads you to two completely different destinations and outcomes what happens is one drop of that water could go west and eventually it's going to drop into the Colorado River which empties into the Gulf of California and finds itself in the Pacific Ocean the other drop if it goes east it finds itself in the Mississippi River which eventually dumps into the Gulf of Mexico and it finds itself in the Atlantic Ocean two drops of water that end up in two completely different destinations. All because of one small little decision, and it led to it brought on two completely different outcomes. A lot of our choices are just like that, are they not? A at the time, they don't seem to seem to be all that significant, but those choices, man, they set into motion a series of events that not only, listen to me today, that affect your life, but they affect the life of your kids, and they affect the life of your grandkids. And that's why this series is so important. More than that, this is why you and I, we need to make our decisions and our choices based on God's wisdom and God's word and God's principles. We see this all throughout scriptures. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. We're going to be in a couple different places today. But I want you to see this played out. This is a story about the fall. But I love what the God comes and says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Bible says this, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, listen to this, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden. 
every tree in the garden you can eat of it, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat you will surely die. Get this picture. If you work with me just a little bit, all the chairs here today are every tree that you can eat from. And all of a sudden, God says, you can eat from everything in here, but this one right here, I don't want you to eat from it because you'll surely die. Now, in our minds and our mindsets, we're thinking, hey, what's so special about that tree that I can't have it? That's the way we start to justify it. Can I tell you the amazing thing about God? It's he gives you and I the power to choose. It's this thing called free will. God put Adam and Eve in the garden. He said, hey, I don't want you to eat from that tree. Listen, he wasn't going to force them. Do you understand? He wasn't going to come and force their hands and say, hey, I'm going to make you not eat from it. God comes and he is just telling them, he is warning them that that decision, that choice has consequences. Can I tell you something today? The only limitation that God will place over your life is a limitation that is designed to help your life protect your life or bless your life do you hear me the only limitation that God places on your life is a limitation that is designed and created to help your life protect your life and bless your life you see God knew said hey I don't want you to eat from it because I know what that tree is going to cause in your life and we look at it as something completely different but I can't help but think now if we look at our life we're thinking like okay if God places these limitations over my life and he says I don't want you to do this I don't want you to go down that path maybe it's because God wants to enhance my life protect my life or bless my life the only limitation he places on us I was thinking about Solomon this week we talked a, a little bit about him last week Solomon was one of David's sons one of the wisest men who had ever lived but listen to me today he made some bad choices and decisions. Listen to what the Bible says in Exodus chapter 34, verse 12. It's not going to be up on the screen, but it is in part of our 1 Kings 11, 1 text. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 12, the Bible says, You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you for surely. Listen, here it is. Don't do it. Here's why. For they will turn your heart away from their gods. Exodus chapter 34, verse 12, God comes and he gives a limitation. And it's designed to help their life, protect their life. Or bless their life. Listen to what the Bible says about King Solomon, 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 1. Now, King Solomon, he loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, the Moabite, the Amorite, all those other Hittite women. Verse 2, from the nations concerning which with the Lord has said to the people, um, people of Israel, in Exodus 34, verse 12, you shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will lead or turn your heart away from, or turn your heart to their gods. And the Bible says Solomon clung to these in love. Again, the only limitation that God places over your life is designed to help your life, protect your life, or bless your life. And we could go on and on and on. I just want you to know, and I want you to hear me this, especially in light of Psalms chapter 1, that the path that you get on, the path that you choose will ultimately determine the destination you end up. And Psalms 1 is so rich in wisdom and advice, and he has come and he is telling us about these two paths in life. Man, if you want to stay off the destructive path, man, if you want to lead a life towards a blessed life, a life of righteousness towards God, listen to me, it starts with the decisions that you and I are making right now today. I, I don't know who said it, but I like it. Today's decisions will determine tomorrow's outcome. Today's decisions, the things that you do today, will determine tomorrow's outcome. And that's why this Psalms is so important, because he's saying there's a decision that's put in front of you. In both of these two decisions, these choices, man, they're going to lead to two completely different outcomes. Now, now here's what I want you to know, and I think I'm right on this. I, I don't think that there is a person in this room 
who's never made a bad choice or bad decision. I was thinking maybe Grand Dot and Miss Lou, but I, I, I mean, am I wrong? I, I don't think that there's a person in this room has ever not made a bad decision, a bad choice. Are we not people who make bad choices and decisions all the time? Have you ever made a decision or a choice that you later regretted? There's an interesting statistic I read this week that I thought was thought was pretty shocking. I don't know why the survey team of by the Lifeway Research team, they found that nearly half Americans, 47%, agree that they are dealing with the consequences of a bad decision from yesterday on some level today. Your past will always impact your future. The decisions, the choices that you give no regard for, that you just jump into with both feet, Hey, listen, they have an eternal consequence for today. I think I missed an entirely big quote at the very beginning of this, but your choices and your decisions today, man, they carry an eternal significance. Man, they tar- carry an eternal weight. Think about this for a moment. Nearly one out of two people that you see at work and in this church today are dealing with issues related to bad choices from yesterday. You and I are constantly running up, butting heads against the consequences of our bad choices and our decisions from our past. And if that's you here this morning, if you feel that a little more weighty than some other people here might be feeling it, if you're like, man, that is my life right now. It's a bunch of decisions of bad choices, and man, now I'm just reaping everything from it today. Here's what I want you to see and know about Scripture. I, I want you to see and I want you to know that God has not, God does not abandon people who make bad choices or bad decisions. Do you know that? God has not abandoned people who make bad choices or bad decisions. As a matter of fact, if you'll give me a little wiggle room here, I, I can tell you something even better than anything is the fact that God has this redemption process that can lead you to experience God's grace in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. If you have your Bibles, I want you to see this in Scripture, Matthew chapter 26, for just a moment. At Matthew chapter 26, I want you to see in the Scripture a conversation and, and really the outcome between Jesus and a guy by the name of Peter. When we start reading this, many of you are going to know the whole story before we ever read it. But I just want you to watch this. I want to remind you of this one more time. Matthew chapter 26, verse 31. The Bible says this. Then Jesus told them, hey, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will scatter. But after, he, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Listen to what Peter says. Good old Peter. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. All the mother slackers, they're going to run. But I'm Peter. I'm loyal. I'm your ride or die. I'm with you throughout this entire process. He goes on to say, listen to what Jesus says. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night, Peter. Hey, I'm telling you, it's not a question. You're going to deny me, and I'm even putting a time on this. Before this night is over, Peter, you're going to deny me. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter, again, here he comes again, good old Peter. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the exact same. If you fast forward a little bit in Scripture, we find out that Peter, he does in fact deny knowing Jesus. 
exactly what Scripture says. Three different times when Jesus was on trial, Peter says, no, I don't know this man. The Bible tells us that when that rooster crowed, Peter wept bitterly about his denials. And here's what I thought about all week long. In that moment right there, Jesus has every right, every reason in the world to respond to Peter's denials with judgment and condemnation and lashing out. Did you know that? Hold on, Peter. You said you weren't going to do it. And now here you are. You're denying me. Man, I told you you were going to make a mistake. I knew you were going to do this. But here you are, all big and bad. No, no, I'm not going to make a mistake. He had every right in the world to lash out to him, judge him, condemn him, everything else. But instead, after his resurrection, the angel made it clear that Peter was still very much one of his disciples. Look at Mark 16, 7. Don't turn there. Look at it on the screen. Listen what, what he says. But go tell his disciples and Peter. Now, I've always been curious. Why in the world does Peter get a little bit of significance here? I can't help but think that Jesus is like, I know what Peter's struggling with. I know the weight he feels. I know the shame that he feels from making that bad choice. I know the guilt that he's dealing with for his sin. And I just need, man, you go tell him that it's the disciples and Peter. And Peter's feeling unworthy here. P Peter's feeling like, hey, man, I'll never be used by God again. Peter's thinking, Jesus is done with me. Go and tell the disciples and Peter. Because here's a guy who's made a bad decision, a bad choice, and it started him down a bad path. It's bringing on bad results. Man, let me ask again, have you ever done that before? Have you, have you, ever, have you ever been here? Have you ever felt condemned for making a bad decision, the wrong choice? You ever felt shame? You ever felt like, man, there's no way God will ever forgive me for what I've done? I think a lot of us have, whether we want to agree with it or not. And if you're a believer here this morning and you're dealing with that, man, God can never forgive me for what I've done. God can never forgive me for my past. He can never forgive me for my bad choices or decisions. Can I show you one thing in Scripture that has just brought so much goodness to me? I want you to turn here. I want you to write this verse down. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. I'm learning a lot in life that, um, that our hearts are very shady. And they say things to us a lot of times, and they are just not true. So if you're here today and you've made bad choices, you've made bad decisions, man, it is just weighing heavy on you. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 John 3, 19. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, oh, listen, God is greater than our heart. Whenever your heart is condemning you, I can't believe you did that. You've got to look to Scripture. You've got to look to the Word. You've got to find out what he is telling you because he tells you uh, your heart's saying that. But I want you to know that God is greater than a heart. And hear me this morning. If God doesn't condemn us, then there is no reason for us to allow our conscience to do so. The, the Bible tells us in Psalms 
uh, chapter 103, verse 12, that our sins, that he has removed them as far as the east is from the west. Can I just tell you this this morning? God forgive, God's forgiveness is full and it is free. Even in your most damning decisions and choices, God can redeem them to honor him and glorify him in due time. But here's what I want you to hear this morning. It's a phrase my mentor would tell me over and over and over again. He would say this, Billy, it's direction and not intention that determines your destination. Man, if he said one at time, if he said it one time, he said it four thousand times, and he reminded me over and over again that Billy, it's direction, not intention, that determines your destination. So I want you to hear me just for a moment. I'm talking about a lot of things in this moment. So I want you to hear this: the quality of your marriage today isn't a reflection of your intentions, but it's a collection of your choices. Does that make sense today? Hey, we, we put a lot of emphasis on good intentions, but in, intentions do us a hill of beans. It's about action. It's about what we do. So our marriages today between a husband and wife, listen, your marriage today isn't a reflection of all your intentions, and I wish and I would have and I could have, but it's a collection of your choices and of your actions. The, the quality of your integrity here today is not a reflection of your intentions. It's a collection of your choices. The quality of your life right now isn't a reflection of your intentions, but it's a, it's a collection of your choices. The, the, your, your relationship with Jesus Christ right now isn't a reflection of your intentions. It's a collection of your choices. There are a lot of us, we want to do better and be better and live for Christ. But we have good intentions, but intentions get us nowhere. I mean, it's about our choices. It's about our decisions, what we do. Listen to me today. Direction, not intention, determines our destination. No matter how good your intentions are here today, at the end of the day, this is it. It's where your feet go and what you do. And that's why this psalm, Psalm 1, is so important. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Again, it's, it's what he does. But listen to this. It's also what he doesn't do, but what he does do. But his delight, his wish, his dream is to delight in the law of the Lord. And on this law, he meditates on it day and night. He studies the word of God. Listen, those who delight in the law of the Lord, they're, they're choosing the path in their life. And when you do this, when you choose to put God's word first in your life, I want you to notice what happens. Look at verse 3. He, he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in seasons. Leaves does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. Verse 3 is telling us that you and I, when we delight in the world, when we put not just intention, but when we put feet to it, man, we're going to become a, a tree planted by a river, and everything we do is going to prosper. But the wicked are not so. They're like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the wicked will perish. And I want you to hear me. This could be your best season yet, but you have to pick the right path. Your best season of life determines your choice. And the path that you pick, the path you choose. I think there are some people here today, and I think that you are literally standing at a fork in the road. And you want, you wish, you desire for this to be your best year yet. And I want you to know that I think there's a path for it. But you need to know that that path is not an easy path. The Bible tells us that wide is the path that leads towards death and destruction. That path, which a lot of people are on today, man, it's comfortable. It's easy. Everybody's doing it. It's doing whatever you feel like. It, it's a wide path, it's an easy path, it's just really living as a slave to your feelings. But the Bible tells us that there is another path in life, and that path leads to life. And if you choose that path, you could be entering into one of the best seasons of your life. 
But I want you to hear me this morning. It won't be easy, but man, is it worth it. If you want this year to be your best year spiritually, then you have to make spiritual development. Man, you have to invest in your relationship with Christ. It has to become the most important thing that you do because every area of your life will get better. When your relationship with Christ improves, every other area of your life will improve. Because your spiritual life, it touches every part of your life. It touches your finances. It touches your relationships. It touches your health. Mentally, physically, and even emotionally and spiritually, it touches your career. And it touches your worth ethic. Man, if you make your relationship with Christ a focus and a priority, this could be your best season yet. So here it is this morning. If you want to end up in a good destination... You have to choose the right path. The right path will always lead you to the right destination. Direction, not intention, determines your destination. I'm just kind of curious here this morning, how might God be calling you to respond? What is he kind of pressing on you? What are you feeling the weight of here this morning? I think there might be one of three things. I think there are some people in the room here today, for some of you, I want you to know and I want you to hear me, you're not even on the right path. Maybe you're on the path that leads towards destruction. The Bible tells us that you and I were born into sin. We were born into the wrong path. And a lot of that, if we never come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, if we never place our faith and trust in him, then man, we're not even on the right path. Hey, I just want you to know this. I say this a lot, but I just want you to see the visual. My two boys, Jensen and Tucker, they're already on the wrong path. They were born into sin. And unless there comes a moment where God begins to move and speak in their heart and they begin to see that, hey, I'm a sinner and there's nothing that I can do to save myself. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. They come in that moment and I think it's going to be here at this church because we teach it and preach it. And even in our children's ministry, we talk a lot about it. Hey, there's going to come a time where they have to respond and they're going to make this choice. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life and they're going to place their faith and trust in him. When they do that, they're moved off of that path and they're moved onto a path of righteousness. Hey, that's what we want for our kids, for our students. But listen to me, we want that for our adults. Man, we have a good friend of ours that is just coming to realize that she's never been saved before. And then here within the past year, an adult said, hey, I recognize that I was playing a real good church for a while, but I've never placed my faith and trust in Christ. And she did. And now she's saying, hey, I'm ready to be baptized. But here's the beauty of it. You see it in her choices now. You see it in her decisions. You see it in her actions. I think there's some people here today that, man, you're not even on the right path. I'm reminded of a story this week that I thought was so interesting. A story about Charles Finley. Uh, Charles Feeney, excuse me. He was speaking in New York in the 1830s. At the end of each afternoon, he, he gave people an opportunity to come to the front of the room and commit their life to Jesus. It, it was said that many lawyers... Uh, came to hear him one particular night. That night, the chief justice, one of the most, uh, the, one of the big wigs in New York City, was sitting way up in the balcony, and he was listening to Feeney preaching the gospel. And he became convicted. You hear me? He became convicted of what was true. And then all of a sudden, he said, "There was a question that popped into my mind: Am I going to go forward like the other ordinary people?" Something within him made him think that it would be inappropriate to do so because of his prestigious social position. He sat there pondering back and forth about the choice, the decision he had to make. Then he thought, why not? I'm convinced, I'm convicted of the truth that's being preached. 
And, and I know what I need to do. I, I need to go do what everybody else is doing. I need to go down front. Well, Feeney was in the middle of preaching this message, and then all of a sudden this chief justice, he gets up out of the balcony, and he makes his way down the staircase. He comes up to the stairs at the back of where Feeney was preaching, and Feeney, in the middle of his sermon, felt somebody tugging on his jacket. He turned around, and he saw the chief justice standing there. Feeney, a little bit confused about this, he asked the chief justice, hey, what, what, do, you, what do you want? What, 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 what is it? The chief justice, listen to this, he told Feeney, if you will call the people to come forward and respond to the gospel, then I'll come forward. Feeney, in that moment, he stopped his preaching, he stopped his message, and he said this, the chief justice says that if I will call forward for the people to respond for what God is saying, he's going to come. Stopped his invitation. He said, I said that you stand and you move. The chief justice went forward, but not just that. Almost every lawyer in New York followed him. It's been said that 100,000 people came to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ over the next 12 months from that one community. Hey, listen to me. One person's choice affected the lives of many. Your choices have an eternal significance but they also carry an eternal consequence and I think there are some people here today and, and you've never placed your faith and trust in Christ hey can I encourage you to do what the chief justice did he said I see what I need to do and how I need to respond and I want to give my life to Christ I no longer want to walk down the path of destruction but I want to walk down the path of life Maybe God's calling you to respond. I think there are others of us that are here in this room. And, uh, man, God has just really been laying on to you about the, your decisions, your choices that you've been making. You know they're not good. They've been leading you down a path of destruction. And you're starting for the first time to see the weight of those decisions. The Bible tells us something very important. This thing called confession and repentance. It's about coming and saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my choices. I'm sorry for my decisions. in that moment when you confess it you've got to turn from it God I don't want to keep walking down that path I want to walk down the path of righteousness your decisions are going to change you're going to make better choices and maybe just maybe God's laying something completely different on your heart I want us to be a people who respond and call Christ so what is it what's God calling you to do I get you to close your eyes and bow your head Father we come to you day and Father I'm just Father I'm so reminded and I think I forget from time to time but in my choices in life they have an eternal significance but they also carry an eternal consequence so Father I pray I don't know what you are doing in the hearts and lives of our people here this morning Father I just ask that you move I pray that you stir I pray that you would remove all the what ifs of life that they're thinking about right Father, I pray that we can come boldly before you. I pray that we can confess our sins. I pray that we would repent of them. I pray for the person right now who's never placed their faith and trust in Christ. Father, I pray today would be the day of salvation. Father, I pray that.
Him. Come and be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, would you stand with me here this morning?